I led them with cords of compassion, with the bands of love, and it became to them as one who eases the yoke on their jaws. I bent down to them and fed them. I have to say, not one I'm familiar with, to be honest, dude. When when you told told me which one you wanted to read, and you told me to to Google it so I could put it up on my phone, I I spelled Hosea with a J, like he was like he was Spanish or something. <laughs> so that's a little embarrassing. And then I was like, wait a second, that doesn't sound right or spell right. So in any case, um, yeah, what made you pick this one, dude? Yeah, that's funny. You know, with Hebrew letters, like the H and the J, yeah, they're all replaced. exactly like that's Jehovah is, yeah, that's all total to mis- <laughs> <laughs> misnomer. But uh, no, it came across this in um, five day silent retreat we did at CYE mm. earlier this summer. Yeah. And uh, Father Matthew Alexander from the Archdiocese of Chicago, uh, he was led me on the retreat. And uh, so we met every day for about an hour and just totally opened my eyes to the beauty of Lexio, mm. which I had try, you know, practiced before or tried to practice. Uh, but yeah, he really just it was big breakthrough. Yep. Um, imaginary prayer of, you know, Ignatian spirituality. And then, um, yeah, just Lexio. And this was one of the ones he suggested and that just stuck with me through the retreat. Yeah. And then even to this day, yeah, there's such, there's like dichotomy here, like, the cords of compassion, bands of love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you wouldn't necessarily asso- associate those words yeah, together. Yeah, together, sure, yeah. Because um, cords and bands, I mean, they're words of, um, yeah, slavery or bondage yeah. almost. Yeah. But yeah, in this whole section, it's like the Lord has bound them with himself instead of the slavery they were in. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, I just constantly think about that lately, that like we are going to be slaves to something. Yeah. Like we're human beings. We're not made you know, to be our own ruler. And so we have to pick something to be the slave of. Yeah. And obviously, yeah, the correct one is the Lord. Yeah. Uh, but so many times we uh, pick slavery to so many different things. Yeah, to base passions or right. whatever it may be. Yeah, things that are always fleeting. Yeah, that's a good point. Right. And so this is, yeah, this passage is like he's leading them out. And then at the end, it eases the yoke, feeds them. And then it goes on to say, yeah, how they forget who taught them to walk who mm. fed them mm-hmm. um and they turn away from him and then he draws them back again and again so yeah just in my own life and salvation history there's just so many ways to look at it yeah i love the uh, the point you brought up too of how he has the kind of contrasting points right cords of compassion bands of love and those things are, are definitely interesting uh, but when you bring it into the context, like you said, of the slavery, right, to be slaves to something, and Paul talks about this in a lot of the epistles, right, to, to be slaves of Christ. Yeah, I think it's just being united or bound to something, right, serving a purpose, right? When we think of, of slavery, and obviously there's all kinds of negative context around slavery, but for the purpose of, of this show, <laughs> we'll, we'll avoid talking about the, the larger uh, topic there. But just in terms of um, what that means is obviously to, to serve something, and what better thing, obviously, to serve than, than the Lord, but love itself. It doesn't make any sense to me to to have these things that we serve um, that are of the world. And then what do those things give us in return is right. nothing, right? I, I think in the proper context, if you think of a slave and master, which is in the proper context of the Lord and us, is that the master who is the Lord gives us everything we need. Like he, we're just doing the work he asks of us. In this case, sometimes the work can be difficult, but it's always good work too, right? Because mm-hmm. it's, it's, it will always bring forth something beautiful from the Lord, right? That he's asking of us. And he knows all, right? There's all the, always that image of the, the Lord knows 
um, everything he's asking of you, even if we don't know exactly what the end result will be, right? He does. And so it's just placing that trust, like you said, of, okay, am I going to cleave to him? Am I going to unite myself to him in the cross, right? Because you think of that image of like being bound to him in the cross. It's like, whew, yeah, dude, tied. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it's frightening. Yeah. And as you said, like the world presents so many other options and they are appealing. Like they're like shiny objects. But I think, yeah, we're all very aware of how quickly they fade yeah. and how yeah. disappointing they are very quickly. Don't you feel like it, it's funny? I shouldn't say I don't get Like I do understand it. I think it's more just from the general context. So like think of the things maybe now or before that you were, for lack of a better word, like a slave to like mm-hmm. dumb things. Like for some people, it's um, it's alcohol. Some people, it's something trivial like video games. Other people, it's other addictions, right? But like, you know how dumb those things are. And that's what makes it so frustrating is like, th- it doesn't bring forth anything good for me, right? It's always just like this temporal gain. It's like, oh, dude, it's just so frustrating. <laughs> like you stuck yeah, in that cycle totally. and to recognize it and not being able to pull yourself out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Not even addiction sometimes. Like the smallest things yeah. can just fill our minds yeah, and become finality. like these little yeah. obsessions yeah, yeah. that we just spend all day thinking about. Yeah. And then you look back in the day and like, oh, I could have been like talking to our Lord or, you yeah. know, doing something productive. Yeah. And there I was like, yeah, I don't recently for me, it's been hunting. I've never been a hunter. Love to see it. And uh, <laughs> so, you know, it's been a great leisure and like really good in, yeah, yep. in other respects. But then so easily it becomes like this really good, healthy thing to get outdoors in yep. nature talk to our lord in that context um but then you know i'm like i should be doing homework right now and i'm like you know scouting duck ponds yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah it's so easy to just get pulled off track and because we're yeah. human dude that's always it too or like you'll usually at the end of the day for me it's a feeling of like ah oh, you just kind of want to especially after like a long day of work i'm sure the same thing long day of class for you right like i just want to like veg dude that's always like the classic yeah. like the actual version of netflix and chill not the one that uh, <laughs> you know society is taking for itself um <laughs> and, you know and annie and i are not like netflix watchers to be honest or even big tv watchers but there's that's something great. nice to be able to sit and maybe you're ah, i'm doing christmas shopping right or i'm doing shopping for somebody's birthday or i'm just Checking in on even like I love reading like the political news and stuff mm-hmm. like that, right? Right. Oh yeah. And there, I don't think there's anything objectively wrong with that, but it's like you said, where it's just these things of how am I spending my time? And those are objective time wasters, man. And you you sit there and you realize like, yeah, I, I could have been praying. I could have prayed a rosary in that time, or I could have even done some reading, like a good right. reading of like a good book or something like that. <laughs> these like the things you do are like these are these forming me in charity? Are they forming me in the ways of the Lord? Are they preparing me for heaven? In most cases, the answer is no. Right? Yeah, but it's. That's also like part of that's the the human struggle, right? Yeah. So you try not to be like as hard on yourself, but there is definitely that that constant tension. And they fill you up, like reading a good book. Like after you read a good book, you're never regretting that. Yeah. And with so many other things, yeah, it's just un, unfulfilling yeah. in the end. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, yeah. There there is something about accomplishing, and I don't know how you are. I'm one of those people that when you finish a book, sweet, yeah, I made it through that. A lot of times, so I won't stop and like reflect on it. Right. And think and there's some books you're not gonna like reflect on, right? It was, you know, just a a book you picked up at the airport on a tri- like a trip or something like that. But if you're reading <laughs> I haven't made it all the way through the confessions, for example. But if you're reading like Augustine or Church Fathers or whatever it is, like, hopefully good stuff, very often I was like, Yeah, knock that out. Done, <laughs> what's next? Accomplishment. You know? yeah. yeah, exactly. And that's like what it is, is these like almost just like uh checkboxes, right? Instead of I only finished half of that book, but what I've taken from half that book has been Maybe not life changing, but has helped form me into a better man. Yeah, totally. And how often do we do that? You know, even with it, like you said, the kind of banal things of looking up duck puns, right? (laughs) You know, which isn't bad, but when you're out there, are you taking that time to also appreciate like 
thank you, Lord, for putting me out here. Right. right. For allowing me to experience this, like, in nature and, you know, Are you just looking birds, for baby. the next, next duck? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, somebody recently advised a different way of reading books, because when mm-hmm. I look at a book, yeah, it's a job, right? It's yeah. a task to yeah. accomplish, and I'm going to go from cover to cover, because that's how you read a book, right? Yeah. But they're like, no, you should look at the table of contents and kind of pinpoint what you want to get out of it, because mm-hmm. nobody has time to read every book, yeah. every good book. There's so many good ones out there. Yeah. But, yeah, so to target and kind of skim through and f- and then focus and really chew on yeah. the parts that really speak to you and maybe yeah. go over and reread instead of just looking at a book and like read cover to cover. And then, yeah, in a couple of years, I'll forget what it was about, you yeah. know, and then somebody will be like, oh, you read that book? I'm like, yeah, but I, I forgot yeah. <laughs> the details. Yeah, dude, that's so true. Well, and it's, I don't know how you do this, but sometimes or I've been trying to do this more is take a pen, and like underline stuff as I'm going through. Yeah. Because for whatever reason, and this might just be like anecdotal, but I feel like I remember stuff better when I'm going through books, hmm. like underline it, because you, you're taking the time more to actually stop and read it. Exactly. Do you ever have that feeling where you're yeah. just like sitting there and you read a paragraph, you're like, I didn't take in any of what totally. I actually just read? Because you're thinking about something like that. Yeah, totally unrelated. something else. Exactly. Like, what's your dinner? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I got to start doing that because I've always been not a fan of writing in books just because when somebody else does that and then you read it, you're like, oh, that's ruined it. I wouldn't have underlined that. So I've tried to take notes separately, but that doesn't really work because you forget your notebook and stuff. So I like the underlined. Yeah. And I don't even know, sometimes I don't even like make a note in the margin sort of thing. It's just underlining or circling something that's, that's meaningful and, I can find it. Yeah. Go back. And I think, um, you know who Eric Demuse is? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Chesterton. I attended one of his talks at Inheritance. Yeah, it was interesting. It was being in his talk was kind of like being in like a high school English class again, which for me was awesome. I love English, but, um, it was funny sitting there and hearing him say, read a book twice or like read a good book twice because Mm. the first time you're just kind of getting the the feelers out there, seeing where everything is, getting, you know, an idea in your mind of, of what things mean, whether this is fiction, nonfiction, whatever. It's like the second time though is when you're picking up so much more or just like, you know what the context is. Now it's actually time to dig deep into it. So I started reading 1984 again for the first time in a while, which is a great book. And I remember really liking it when I read it, you know, five years ago or something, but I'm like 10 pages in, that's all I made it in. And it's just like, every time you stop, you're like, Oh wow. Oh wow, yeah, this is like this is really this is like current times. Like, yeah, this yeah, is no interesting. Kidding. This is interesting, right? So yeah, it, it is cool and it's a good point. It's just we don't ever have the patience, or at least speaking for myself, you don't have the patience no, to go back yeah. and do something twice, you know? Right. Because you already did that, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's just and that's like the manly thing, dude, is to just say, Well, I've done this. Like right. yeah, I and got how this. our culture is kind of set up, like checking off boxes yeah. and like you did it and then you're on to the next thing. Yeah. And yeah, no, we should be more intentional, like going back. Yeah. I read something um, interesting. What was it? I can't remember the, the exact percentage, but it was a very high number of men and women um, are bothered by sitting with their own thoughts for more than 15 minutes, <laughs> right? <laughs> Which you think about, you're like, 15 minutes isn't even long, dude. No. You know? But they actually sit there and think, and you think, okay, like, what can I unpack in this time? Can I unpack something that happened earlier in the day? Can I unpack something the Lord is asking me to do, pray, whatever it may be? But like, you're almost afraid of sitting with yourself because I don't know if it's because you're afraid of what you'll find in there or you're just not used to being able to sit there. You need right. that constant stimulation or something. But yeah, it is interesting to just kind of want to sit there in the in the muck, you know, for a little bit and then just be like, no, nah, I can't do this anymore and just like <laughs> move on to the next thing that like grabs your attention, you know? Right. No, I think both. And uh, I found it more necessary for prayer, too, to have those times of silent thought, like driving is one really good time without the radio on Mm -hmm. or anything else, Mm -hmm. where you can just be with your own thoughts. The shower. Maybe you're not actively praying the shower. Yeah, praying the shower all the time. But anyway. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) No, anyway. But to have, I mean, and it's a form of prayer, of course, you can make it prayer, but 
in addition to prayer, and it sets up prayer really well, to just, yeah, like, think, like, what am I thinking about? Like, what's worrying me? Because if you don't do that, then the silence of prayer becomes that, and then you're just dealing with your own thoughts. But if you have that time where you're like, okay, I'm thinking about these different things, which are really good, and then you can enter into a deeper prayer where it's like, Mm -hmm. okay, this is the Lord's time. He's speaking. Um, But yeah, we have to deal with our own thoughts, which, as you said, we're not not accustomed to doing. (laughs) That's a great point, actually, because if you're able to sit there and unpack weird, like whatever comes to your mind, right? Maybe you think of an encounter you had or whatever it may be. And then sitting there and then thinking, okay, this is in my mind for a reason. But then, right. at, like you said, taking that to prayer and saying, Lord, what are you trying to show me in this? Or how could I have handled this differently or whatever it may be? I think we're just very prone to think, whether it's like a bad interaction we had, be like, oh, screw that guy. Or, um, eh, well, whatever, I'm done with that. What's for dinner? You know, like moving on to like right. the next thing. But yeah, when you're able to enter into prayer in that thought process, I think that's when you're starting to get a little bit deeper into what the Lord's asking for us, which is good. Exactly. Um, yeah, another thing I think is interesting too, again, kind of going back to this contrast, it's actually a really good passage. So yeah, a good choice on this one. Again, not one I'm familiar with, but it, <clears throat> you're talking uh, about some like the tension a little bit that you have. Um, and when you think of like the, the cords on an animal, right? Like pulling a horse or um, cattle or whatever it may be. Yeah, it, I think it's interesting from the standpoint of like thinking of ourselves as um as that animal in this mm-hmm. case. Um, and the Lord obviously is our, our handler. And there's always kind of that spiritual inertia when you like first pull on the animal, like it doesn't quite want to move. Um, but when it's, when it trusts its handler, when it's attuned with its handler, right. Um, it follows, right. It follows sword, it follows path. And so I think you know, too often uh, we dig our heels in, we have that spiritual mm-hmm. inertia, but if we recognize that and have the trust in the Lord, uh, we'll follow suit, right? Wherever he's pulling. I think that tension really starts to create when we dig our heels in and start pulling mm-hmm. against what the Lord's asking of us or what his will is for us. Uh, but yeah, it's just like, do we recognize in those moments, right? That, that we're going counter to what the Lord's asking us. Right. That's like the, I think sometimes the first step, I, I don't know. It's kind of, that's a great image. Thinking through this, but yeah, and of course, as you said, there's that initial inertia, but then once you get started, you get moving, yeah. become good habits or whatever that is, good prayer yeah. becomes easier and easier, yeah. and then yeah, you can sprint with the Lord eventually, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, when you dig your heels in, like usually, like the harness on a horse is around the mouth or the yeah. bit in the jaw. Yeah. And so when we dig our heels in it's pulling on those parts, which is painful. Yeah. And so, yeah, we're causing ourselves suffering and pain yeah, yeah. that we think like, oh, this is so hard. It's like, well, we're making it hard yeah, <laughs> by yeah, digging yeah. our heels yeah. in. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. Trying to go the opposite way. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a good point. Yeah, it is always, um, it is always like a little bit painful, right? That first initial like tug of something. But I think if, it, if you're, honestly giving your heart to the Lord in some way, right? And that doesn't mean you're completely into your vocation yet. Maybe you're still searching for that or whatever that means. But yeah, I think if you're at least your heart is attuned towards that and you're just uh, kind of like Mary says, you know, just giving herself, having that, that poverty of spirit, that poverty of will towards the Lord. I think that's like all he's asking. I think too often where it's like, oh, he's asking too much. Oh, it's too much to do, yeah. dude, and all of that. And One moment there. at a time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like the, the Lord might ask for hard things, but I feel like usually in the very first moment, it's usually not. Right. It's usually just like asking that kind of cliche question, but like, do you trust me? Yes or no? You know, right. kind of like when, um, when Jesus is asking Peter, like, do you love me? Mm-hmm. Do you love me? Do you love me? Yes, like three different ways, or three times, right? Um, I think there's a different translation um, for what he asked for two of the times versus the third time, but regardless, yeah, it's just answering that simple question, like, do you love the Lord, and can you tell him that you do, even if it's imperfectly, right, like Peter right. did? 
which is I think the good part of it too is that we're all doing it like we were talking about earlier even with the distractions of the world yeah. and even either the bad things or the you know good things but aren't in the proper context like we're all searching for this connection to God yeah. we all want to serve something and that should be the Lord. But uh, I love the story of uh, St. Christopher. Mm. So, and I always tell Chris Mead this because I think he's a great example <laughs> of it. You know, he was obviously in the military, like the highest level of the military, and then now in seminary. Um, but yeah, apparently this is legend of St. Christopher. He would, he when growing up, would always try to find the greatest master to serve. Yeah. And so one day he was traveling and he met this king that a lot of people were afraid of. Mm-hmm. It was, oh, this king must be the greatest master in the world. I'll serve him. So he serves this king for years. And then one day he finds the king cowering in fear mm. of the devil. Mm. And he's like, oh, well, the, the devil must be the most powerful thing in the world I can serve. I'll serve the highest master. Come on, Chris. And then one day, as he's serving the devil, he finds the devil like being afraid of God. Yeah. And he goes, oh, so God is the highest master ever. So he serves God, and yeah, there's a story. He's portaging these pilgrims over a really fast river, yeah, yeah. and that's the way he serves the Lord. And then yeah. one day, this child comes, and he carries Christ, the yeah. child across the river yeah. and Christ reveals himself that he is truly the master and he's content yeah. with his life. But yeah, we all have that drive. Like we want to serve the most powerful thing. We want to yeah. figure out yeah. life. And I just always think of St. Christopher as a great example. Of that. Yeah. 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 That is St. Christopher also is an absolute unit. If I'm not yeah. mistaken, he's supposed to be like seven feet tall or something like that. So it's not quite crisp. <laughs> That's fine. Um, exactly. No, but it's true. Like we think like St. Christopher was supposed to be just a, a big, like manly man, strong. Um, and yeah, to think in that context too, that even in his strength, right. Um, his greatest strength is his weakness before the Lord, right. Realizing that even with all that I have here in this world, I'm still nothing before, like you said, the ultimate master. So that's a, yeah, it's a great image. Um, and it's interesting too, you had brought up a different point about, um, yeah, the, the bit, I guess, on the uh, the jaw of the horse. And and part of this, it says, uh, I became to them as one who eases the yoke on their jaws and bent down to them and fed them. Which is, yeah, a perfect example, man, to think of. Uh, the Lord doesn't want to cause us like this distress or this pain. I think too often we run from the suffering, which that's a part of our lives, right? And a part of the Christian life, especially. Um, but yeah, I think there is a, a natural just receptivity towards the Lord um, and that usually imbues us with more strength, right? You look at like St. Christopher, like you said, he was able to take care of the Christ child. And I think in that story, I think he becomes like heavier and heavier and heavier on St. Christopher's back as right. they go across yes, the river. Right. Yep. And, he, and he still, he still um, pursues to the other side, right? And yeah, it's just a beautiful image to realize that like the Lord's not actually trying to drown him in that. Mm-hmm. He's just trying to say like, do you have the strength to walk alongside me? Mm-hmm. Right? And he, and it's always said and it's cliche, right? But it is true that the Lord will never give us a cross to carry that we can't do on our own or with him at our side, right? Helping us carry that. So yeah, I think in a lot of cases too often, it's just just, uh, pushing back on the yoke that we've been given instead of just letting him ease some of that burden, right? He's like, just come alongside, just come alongside. I'll pull you along, you know, but it's just, it's easy for us to push, push back in those cases too much. Yeah. 
and we're told so often, like, we shouldn't serve anybody. We should only serve ourselves. And so that's what I love about St. Christopher. He recognizes that he needs a master. Yeah. I think we've all been there. I mean, I think we all in our heart of hearts are like, if somebody would just tell me what to do. Yeah, dude. Yes. <laughs> we don't know what yeah, we're yeah, doing. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love Sister Miriam's line for men. It's like, men think three things. They say, I'm alone. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm doing but I have to get it right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like we're all yeah. looking for that leader. I mean, it's like people I think bind to different celebrities or different people that yeah. they follow is because we're all looking for the answer yeah. and we know we need it from not only ourselves, but other people. Yeah. But it's who, who do we follow? Yeah. Good point. It's interesting. If you think of, um, there's like little tedious things maybe you've never done before. Maybe you've never like smoked a cigar or a little, or like little pipe or, I don't know, open a bottle of wine. I'm just thinking of like, you know, things that maybe like some people wouldn't have done before. And I feel like way too often, or at least speaking for myself, like, hey, I'm a man. I should be able to figure this out. How hard <laughs> can it be? Instead of just asking somebody like, hey, how do I do this? Yeah. Right. Like, can you show me? Can I come before you right in my my ignorance? And not like bad ignorance, but just I'm ignorant to this topic. Can you show me how to do this? Like, do we right. do that for the Lord? Like you said, and I know for mm. myself, like when I started smoking um, cigars, I was like, well, I think I should just clip it off like right around here. And people are like, no, 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 don't, you're going to ruin the cigar. Don't do that. Don't do that. Right. And it, but it's good to be around like people you can trust and good friends, obviously. But as men, like you said, too often, it's like, I got to get this right. I got to get this right. And it's like, you really, you don't. Right. As long as you're making that effort and allowing the Lord to like guide you in that too. You know? Right. No. And maybe that's a good way to start, you know, to, develop the habit for asking the Lord for those things yeah. is to ask other people. Yeah. Other guys. <laughs> yeah. And that's way better than learning about, I don't know, online or like reading an instruction manual. So Nobody confusing. wants to do yeah, that. Man, no, no, you want to learn from another human being that's yeah. like telling you vocally, showing you there. And that builds relationships. Like that's how men yeah. build relationships is working on things together. And <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, no, exchanging, I mean, I w- exchanging grunts, not really even talking. You're just like, ah, oh. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. Communicate is all we need to. Yes. Uh, yeah. Well, there's there's a lot there. Yeah. Because yeah, I, I wasn't never into hunting growing up because my dad didn't do sure. it. Like he didn't yeah. teach me. Yeah. But like yeah, Adam Witter, some of these other guys were into it, and I like learned from them and just yeah. being around them. Yeah. And then it's a great context in which to relate and to serve the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. Love it, man. Sweet. Well, good choice. I think we'll uh, we'll call her there. We'll uh, grab another beer here and move on to the next part. Sounds Sounds good. Perfect. Bush. Bush.